I'm always saying we need to realize this, that when we breathe consciously, we can change the movie called life, literally and absolutely, without a shadow of doubt. Episode 17 with Sabina Tulhara. Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast with me, Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension, that death is not the end of life, that we're all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing, and assistance to each other. We will be having conversations to expand your consciousness, help you connect with your essential self, and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matters, I have a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, do your own research, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. The musical introduction to this episode is by the Finnish fusion artist Axel Kessler. The song is called Reincarnation. My guest today is Zabina Tuhara. Zabina brings a rich background of long-standing yoga practice, NLP, breathwork, natural therapies, and medical science. She runs the Kundalini Yoga Studio in Adelaide and has taught yoga in many professional and public settings, including to large student and staff bodies at Adelaide's major universities. Currently, she is in the midst of a PhD on sleep and breath. Zabina is the first guest on this podcast from our local city in Adelaide, and I'd really hoped to interview her in person. I'm curious to see whether in-person interviews will bring a different energy to the process, and it's also just fun to connect with people. But for logistical reasons, it did not work out this time. There are, however, plenty of other interesting and inspiring people in Adelaide, so I'm sure I will be bringing you some in-person interviews soon. A little side note on Adelaide that may be of interest to any spiritual history buffs. Adelaide is the capital of South Australia, and it has the nickname the City of Churches because in the early days of colonization, it specifically invited members of persecuted religious groups in Europe, and when they came here, they established their own churches and communities. In those days, this was largely different kinds of Christian denominations, including a large number of German Lutherans. But South Australia is also home to Australia's oldest mosque, by all accounts, Adelaide is still a pretty eclectically spiritual place, and I'm looking forward to bringing you soon some conversations with a lucid dreaming researcher and some local mediums. But back to Sabina. In this conversation, she substantially focuses on the power of breathing techniques. I actually encourage you to take notes of the techniques she introduces, because they're super practical and so quick to apply. Sabina introduces how we can use the breath as a portal to consciousness, whether it is to relax and help us sleep or focus and energize us, expand our awareness, 
or release emotions. There are different breaths for different outcomes. Sabina brings a great combination of deeply considered intellectual rigor, embodied learning and tangible enthusiasm for the power of breath. I hope you enjoy the conversation and I encourage you to experiment along with your own breath work. Hey, Sabina. Hello, and I'm so happy to be able to talk to you today. Yes, thank you, Kim, for having me. I'm excited too. <laughs> now, I think it's funny that we're both in Adelaide and here we are on Zoom, but um, it's still good that we're able to just keep going, you know, and have this, have this conversation rather than not be able to connect. Yes, face-to-face. Well, yes, life happens, and sometimes the best thing we can do is have a Zoom session. Yeah, Even exactly. In yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really glad <laughs> yes. you made the time. And so, look, we've Thank got a lot you. to a lot to talk about um, with your background in so many things that um, you know I'm I'm passionate in different yogic traditions, your sleep research, um, and the breath work. And I think that'll really be the focus for us today. Mm-hmm. Um, but to start with, I'm I guess I would like to get if you could give people a bit of a, a sense of your background and especially what I found so interesting looking at your information online is that strong background in both science and yoga and how those two came together for you. Yes. Um, in a nutshell, I have always wanted to find a cure for cancer and I've been very interested in, in human potential, you know, what makes people thrive and other people not. And so my first approach was the scientific approach, uh, doing a degree and really learning as much as I could, which um, which was really, really interesting. It really gave me many, many insights. But what was missing was that aspect of the mind and how we think and how, how we breathe and all these kinds of things were were kind of not highlighted as much. And as I journeyed from doing a Bachelor of Science with honors and really working as a research scientist looking for answers, I found that as much as it was fascinating, I myself and, and who I am, I found myself wanting to do much deeper work. And so I also did a diploma in natural therapies and I became a yoga teacher in between. I had children. And um, I realized that the mind aspect is just so important, which is where the yogis come in, the meditation. But the yogis also themselves are connecting the body and the mind. And uh, very much so, it is a science, especially when I started to come across Kundalini Yoga. I realized that what they understood is, um, is so deep and so complete about how the mind works and how we can work with our organs, how we can balance our hormones and all those things. I just completely was able to use my scientific background with my yogic explorations to feel like I'm, I'm getting the full package now. We're working together consciousness with what we call modern science. And so now I'm doing the PhD in sleep research, which is actually the thrill for me because it is combining yoga and science in an official scientific way and being able to bring the scientific uh, community more into the awareness of how much yoga can can actually help us and benefit us on a level of, of breathing and sleep, which is my topic. Hmm. Mm. 
Um, yes, that's so, a bit of a small summary. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually there's actually something I would like to dive into. But before we do that, you mentioned before we got on that you quite like to start with us all doing a breathing, a little breathing exercise just right at the beginning to kind of, I guess, give us a bit of a taste of how conscious breathing yes. can, can influence our mind, our state of being. Yes, I would so, love to do that. So, and yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you want us to to talk us through um, that right now, mm-hmm. that would be a great way to start. Totally, and and I love that. So, anybody that's listening, you are going to spend this time listening anyway. And unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, which hopefully you're not doing, you might get much more out of this podcast uh, by actually practicing a couple of ways to to really be more present. So the first thing would be wherever you're sitting, really feel that support. If you're standing, then feel the feet. So first of all, that means, you know, really become aware of where your body is having the support. And when you feel that, connect with that. So that that brings you into the now. And when you are brought into the now, you are very much present and you are in actually a powerful ability to perceive information and to meet the moment the next thing i would say is just let your shoulders roll back and drop your arms and relax them because tense shoulders signify to the body that we're under stress which means we are more looking for problems than looking to enjoy the moment it's just the way the mind is wired and i'll explain that more later the next thing is if you could just as you inhale through your nose Let your belly expand. And as you exhale, let your belly contract. And if you're not familiar with this, just you can place your hands on your belly and notice how it gently rises on your inhale and how it gently moves back on your exhale. So then check that your jaw isn't tense. So if you're clenching your your teeth together, then it's much harder to actually feel relaxed and perceptive and to be able to really learn from this podcast or this information. So letting your jaw be relaxed. A yogic technique is to press your tongue to the roof of your mouth and just to let your face be soft. So that is a wonderful way. So now as you inhale, feel the belly expanding. And as you exhale, feel the belly move back towards the spine. And the more you slow that down, the more you're going to come into a stillness and an ability to be more perceptive. So this is a basic beginning, and this is a wonderful way to meet life if you can. It will make life a lot easier and productive, calm and clear. Yes, so that's the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And that took all of a couple of minutes, eh? Um, well, yes, it's and easy. I'm s- certainly feeling a lot more centered straight straight away. So mm. yeah, it's good to good to have these little techniques to apply in every day in our life. Yes, it can be used when you're driving, minus closing the eyes and just being really present. So yes, there are many times you can use that, and it's easy. Even just one minute of that will reset your state of being. And you will you will see um, I you will see your life through different lenses because when you change your breathing, you also change your perception. It's just completely connected. And I know you know that. And we're just sharing and, and starting our little discussion. So 
Yes. Mm. <laughs> um, so what I would like to go back to, you know, you gave us a quick run through about your, your story, but there was something in your bio on your website that, that really intrigued me. And that was um, you shared how you first got into yoga was after you'd suffered quite a major injury. And um, I don't know if you were still in Germany at that stage or already in Australia because you came from... In Australia. You're in Australia, mm. yeah. Um, but still a teenager, I think, right? I was uh, 18. I came here at 14, but at uh, the spinal, the car accident really happened at 17 to 18 yeah. years old. So do you, would you mind telling that story about how, how, that, how yoga worked um, with that major Absolutely. injury? Absolutely. Yeah, and many, many things happened at the same time. It was very interesting. Um, it took a while for me to actually learn what I had to learn. But first of all, I had that accident, which was when I had only just got my license. And um, it was quite a big crash. And I didn't even realize how serious my spinal injury was. And uh, eventually, I did find out my spine was uh, had quite a lot of subluxation in it, which is like damage. And... When I saw a chiropractor, he said to me, you're going to be seeing me for the rest of your life. And I said, wow, I really don't like that. I don't want to be dependent on someone else for the rest of my life. And I thought, well, what can I do so that I accelerate the healing? And what can I do, you know, to, um, I didn't say it to him directly, but to not have to see you all the time. So basically yoga, breathing, anything like that. So I, I naturally started, I started to look into yoga and strengthening my muscles more and aligning my spine more. And then what happened was, is as I started that, that was, that was only when I was already at university. I was already studying my science degree when I came across this information and, um, I noticed that when I was doing the yoga, I rediscovered my true self because when I did the yoga and stretched and breathed in that particular way that we do in yoga class, I was lying on the ground and looking up at that ceiling and I realized, wow, this is incredible. I've been doing a degree, I've been stressing out and I've had such an erratic mind. And I haven't been who I have been in my childhood. I feel like I've just become this, this um, easily agitated person that's always thinking too much. And suddenly I found that calm space. In that very first yoga class, I saw it and I thought, wow, this is it. It's all about being present and breathing. And that was the beginning. And I never forgot that. And um, even though I still finished my science degree and all the things that came with that, I always remember that the calmness of that mind just was a profound change and including, of course, working on my spine and everything else that goes with yoga. So that set me on a path there for sure. Mm. Mm. And it sounds like you almost recognized something, right? When you got into that, into that yoga space, it was something that was really familiar to you from, from somewhere. From childhood. Um, from childhood. Because it's a, a yeah, well, as a child, I've noticed when I look back that I was always very quiet and perceptive and peaceful. And I used to wonder what made people tick. And I used to observe life. And I used to say, wow, isn't it amazing how the sun is shining through the trees? And my friends used to laugh and say, you're so funny, Sabine. You know, why do you always notice these things? I said, 
well, I'm looking around, this is what I see. So I have this kind of witness-observer state. And I find that when I do the yoga, that gets amplified. And that's also how I help other people to become present, to become aware of their body and their breathing. And as they do that, a sense of calm comes over them. And they say, wow, that was so easy. And it just brings them into the now. And this is kind of what, yes, what I had as a child and that I lost when I became an academic because I just became crazy about thinking all the time and analyzing things. Mm. Mm. Yes, that's what mm. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and it's great. Sounds like you've man- managed to now come back, you know, doing a PhD, which is highly academic, but mm-hmm. I guess firmly grounded in that, in that calmness and, and your own inner stillness at the same time yeah absolutely right it feels like i've come full circle now (laughs) literally yeah bringing it all into into alignment bringing it together it feels really good which is why at the age of 51 i'm crazy enough to do a phd it's like a wonderful um touch after all these things that i've journeyed through yes yeah it's beautiful yeah absolutely um and so when we talk about yoga um, I guess a lot of people immediately would have the association of people doing asanas or poses, um, but it's there's probably more to it, right? I mean, I, I oh um, yes, yeah. Much. So there's a whole there's a whole philosophy as part of the sort of Hindu religious system, in a way. Do you want to mm-hmm. expand a bit, perhaps, on you know when you talk about yoga, what that encompasses, what what aspects mm-hmm. of human mm-hmm. life do you bring into that? Well, the idea of asana is only a very small part. And um, as much as it has the benefit, it's um, it's really almost limiting because when we focus on the body, we actually force things more likely. And we also start to focus much more on the physical aspect. And when we do that, we are not really integrating our, our inner state, our breathing on the same level. So... Even though that is all part of yoga, people have gotten very much focused on asana, which is posture work. The, the kind of yoga and the kind of thing that I teach is much more about awareness of your breathing and where you're at. And from that place, you can make a shift by being present to it, welcoming it, being open to it, rather than resisting or trying to change it. And then as you inhale and exhale in a deeper way, the body actually transmutes because and transforms because your breathing will let things shift for you. So the focus for me is always the breath, which changes your consciousness, which then readies your body to go into healing and which then makes the body softer and flexible rather than trying to come from the other way and, you know, trying to shape the body and mold it. So that's the way I feel is actually more holistic, more long-lasting, um, works on all dimensions, and it's my absolute passion. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it works so, very so, well. So the breath is really the foundation of the for me for you. Yeah. Yes, and from what I have studied and read as well. So, um, and that is because when you breathe in a conscious way, when you breathe more deeply and more slowly, you are not just benefiting your biology; you are actually benefiting the way you see life, which means that you are changing your 
your brain secretions, which change your consciousness. So it's it's so powerful. It's like you have got 10 different movie theaters to, to go into. And depending on how you breathe, you can either see a really stressful movie or something that is really dramatic and emotional perhaps, or something that's incredibly tranquil. And it all is how you imagine life depending on your breathing. So I'm always saying we need to realize this, that when we breathe consciously, we can change the movie called life, literally and absolutely, without a shadow of doubt. And that gives people hope because a lot of people think it's very complicated. A lot of people think they need lots of psychotherapy or, but it's the breathing that's an instant access to a portal of stillness and transformation for all of us every single person. I've seen this with so many different people because I teach meditation to the general public um, as a community service. And I started off teaching people with cancer. And I've seen that people who are just there and present and willing to shift their breath, which is easy to do, they just go, wow, I feel so much better. I, I realized that these were just thoughts that were disturbing me. Wow, Sabine, that was that was so amazing. And I said, well, you did it. You shifted your breathing. You sat in the chair. You spent a bit of time, half an hour, shifting that awareness. And here you are. And it's such a change in people's faces. And these are people that have never meditated before. They have not studied the Bhagavad Gita. And they haven't gone into a pretzel. They haven't done crazy yoga poses. They're sitting in a chair. And we also work with the body, yes. But it shows you how quickly the breath can profoundly affect anybody. Anybody's lying in a hospital bed right now. Anybody that's never done any exercise even. Anybody that feels meditation is impossible for them. It is right here, right now. And, and I love helping people realize that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was interested that you, you mentioned uh, again on your website that you worked with cancer patients. And you said at the beginning, as a sci- your, your pull to science was to, to cure cancer so that's obviously been a really it's a theme that's that's running there and how did you find people responded like especially um if people are struggling with with serious health conditions uh what sort of benefits did you observe from the breath practice wow countless benefits because what happens to us human beings is that we have stress right it could be anything from an illness to a relationship problem to um, you know, financial issues. And so that problem is already, you know, something to deal with. But what we do on top of that, we get worried and we get tense and we start to breathe shallow and we start to worry about things that are not even relevant because once the mind opens up to worrying and to fear, you literally open up a vortex or a kind of consciousness that will find more things to worry about. So, Often the initial problem is something we could deal with, whether that's cancer or relationship breakup or financial problem. But then we add on to it that we are unconscious in dealing with the problem and getting tense about it. And we are starting to get into the fight or flight response, um, you know, the sympathetic nervous system. And in that state, we breathe erratically, we get tense. And what happens is the mind naturally is wired to look out for problems because the mind perceives that as an absolute threat. Whether that is your neighbor being noisy next door, 
or whether someone about to you know bulldoze your house makes no difference it will just perceive it as a threat whatever is the problem and then we start to collect other ones and it starts to you know almost like a magnet as you vibrate at that frequency you can you start to attract other problems so what i've noticed is that when people start to change the way they breathe the body switches into the parasympathetic nervous system which is the relaxation response. And in the relaxation response, I get very, very passionate here. The body goes into healing and you get clarity. And, you know, the people that are geniuses and that are innovative, they come up with new solutions to problems that no one else has found a, a solution to. Those people are in that state or have been in that state. I've studied that quite deeply. So inspirations come from that state of, breathing slowly and consciously so anyone listening now you know slow down that breath still be aware that your belly is expanding this is just a basic start and notice that the belly is expanding on your inhale and contracting on the exhale because you will literally start to feel more inspiration things that would have seemed to have been stressful once they start to take on a different shape. They start to take on, for example, the people with cancer, as an example, they were inspired by their situation and could see what they needed to learn and they could see the gifts and they could see that, well, because this life-threatening illness happened, I could see that I need to change things. I could change my relationships. I've changed my relationship with myself. And instead of feeling weighed down and absolutely buried in the negativity of it and I'm not saying it's an easy thing to deal with cancer but when they were consciously meditating or breathing you could see it they took that as an opportunity to elevate and to make positive change and that's what I see with everybody like I see so many different people older people that go into um scary situation of facing aging for example and they feel like you know what? You make me feel like I can do anything. You make me feel like as I, as I change my breathing, I feel like I've got more clarity and I don't feel so old and I feel more positive and I'm actually excited. And um, they do this and it's true. It's not just an illusion. It's really happening. And um, I love seeing that, which is why I do it. And I love um, realizing how simple it is. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And and what I really love about that is that those are things that, you know, it facilitates an experience where it comes, the insights come from within the person rather because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't tell a cancer patient, you know, well, look at, look at what you're learning here. Right. Because that's, right. that's, that's, um, that doesn't land um, from, it comes from the outside. But if you get to that point from the inside, that would be really powerful. And I'm super passionate about that because, you know, a lot of people read so many books and they try to do these things with the intellect and they really understand what they need to do, but it's not happening because they haven't been able to free themselves up from from the capacity to see that thinking happens, but that we don't need to actually believe those thoughts. And they haven't gone into the space yet where they tap into their own innate glorious treasure chest of wisdom which is there when we breathe deeply honestly it's just so profound and yes there's nothing better than having your own wisdom we all don't need someone to tell us what to do so much even though it's a great thing 
um, finding that within has got to be the most rewarding experience to find out inside you've got your own guru, your own wisdom, your own, you know, navigation map. It's just beautiful. And every single person has that, even if they don't believe it, it's there. Mm. Um, speaking about gurus, um, I, I was curious, uh, again, this was just prompted by what I what I was reading there. You, you talk about having had a connection with uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. And um, yes. I, I was intrigued by that because when I read his book, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, that really touched me in a lot of ways as well. And there was definitely a very sense of a very tangible connection. And I've since come across other people who've had similar experiences. So I was just curious what that looked like for you. Yes, when I read that book, it was just obvious to me that that's all truth and that this is all here for all of us too. It was a very personal, yes. I think that some of us are very connected to that. Whereas when I got my parents to read it, my mom never really got into it. And my dad just went, do you believe that? I'm like, yes, it's just so obvious to me that that's real. That's much more real than than this other world we're in, which is so, you know, um, unconscious really. So yes, and, and he of course has lots of breathing techniques and, and ability to focus the mind and and to realize that life beyond the body is is right now happening whilst we often feel very anchored inside the body as the only reality. I love that. And it's so true for me as well. Yes. Mm, so uh, so what, what role does that play? Because I think for a lot of people listening to this podcast, the, the life beyond the body is a, is a big point of interest, you know, out of body yes. experiences or connecting with people um, that are not physical right now. Uh, yes. what, what role does that play for you in your process or personally? Mm. For me personally, um, it always gives me the perspective that this is only a small aspect and that I'm actually an infinite creation with infinite potential. So quantum physics has shown that we are that. So anyone that thinks this is woo-woo only has to look up the field of quantum field knowledge and the entanglement and how when we place our attention on something, we literally start manifesting that. And everything in the universe is like that and it's all connected. And it is, it is just so vast. So like we have a microcosm and a macrocosm and everything is connected. So the way you breathe right now is connected to the way you think is related to your relationship, is related to the energy that you perceive and your consciousness. And so when we talk about beyond the body, we are also in a field of thoughts and in a field of energy constantly, right? We know it when we're in an area where there's crime, you sense it, or negative thinking, or when you walk into a room and you know something beautiful happened here or something very awful happened, we can sense that. So we actually pick up on all of these things and we are so much more than what we perceive, what we think we perceive. So when we go back to the breathing, and we realize that the breath changes our perception, this can help us, A, to recognize what kind of beliefs and thoughts are not our own and that we might be picking up from the environment because we do that. Um, even when we make love with someone, we pick up so much, but we don't even have to do that. We could be in the same room. We could be in the same office with someone. We pick up energies and we pick up thoughts that can quite be quite effective on us, have an effect on us. So... When we use the breath, we can realize also how to cleanse 
the mind and thoughts, we can slow the thinking down and become the observer. So as a multidimensional being, um, one of the things in Kundalini Yoga that is related to that is how we breathe is affecting our chakra centers. So if people or the audience know what chakra centers are, in a nutshell, they are centers of consciousness and they are like um, energy pulsing through the body and each chakra center is linked with an emotion or two, which has a polarity to it, and it's got lots of depth to that, and also the endocrine system, so the hormonal system. And when they are imbalanced, we are affected by them, and people don't even realize that. So, for example, your base chakra, your earth chakra, if that is not balanced because you are not doing your belly breathing and you're always up in your head and in your upper awareness, then you may never feel very grounded. And because you don't feel grounded and connected to your inner self, you will tend to look for security externally to yourself. For example, like it might be in money, it might be in relationship, it might be in um, really feeling shaken up when, for example, you know, um, the government has a problem or when society as a whole has a problem because our security comes from outside. So we don't often think of that if we're not aware of it, but the reason it is so powerful to, again, breathe deeply is so we can balance those centers of consciousness because they're affecting all of us, whether we believe it or not. So even breathing, if you inhale and exhale evenly, and that takes a bit of practice, but I can teach that, that means you're already balancing your chakra centers. So often we breathe erratically or we breathe in shorter or exhale longer, and that changes the way the chakra centers work and it also changes what's called our electromagnetic field which is again you know showing us that we are more than what meets the eye so someone that breathes really well for example will have more of an expanded clean auric field and more of an expanded heart center and people actually sense that so when you meet somebody and anybody doesn't matter how conscious or unconscious they are they are actually picking up on that they just, they just don't know why, but they either like you or they don't. According to how you breathe, according to how your aura or energy field feels to them. So another way to have rapport and to have a good life and to connect to good people that vibrate on a high level is to look after your breathing and keep your, your breathing balanced so that your energy flows well and that your auric field, your aura, which is what people sense, your electromagnetic radiance, is actually pleasant and healthy. So miracles happen when people do that. You know, they attract their soulmate, um, new opportunities come to them from all over the place because people just pick up on that. So that's what I call um, being aware that we are so much more than the body and using the breath to harness that and really actually make our life much more joyful and successful and also healthy because all disease, believe it or not, starts from the field it comes from the, the yogis say they all start from the auric field as in your electromagnetic field and it moves inward over time to cause either the, the issues in a particular organ or in your hormonal functioning. And on a scientific level, that is the same as saying, um, you know, all the messengers, the neurobiology within us and the biochemistry in the body, it all works on a charge. It all has an electric field. So that creates a magnetic field in the body. And when that is sick or not flowing, you will see that in the electromagnetic field as well. 
um, and we pick up on that stuff. And so if we look after the breath and by making it deep and we really get this good fresh air in and we inhale and exhale consciously, we will heal the organs, we will um, have a great magnetic expression and we will also actually attract likewise to us. It's very, very deep and incredibly beneficial. Mm. And I guess if people are listening now and they think, okay, this is like I'm breathing, this is, you know, oxygen I'm breathing in, but would it be fair to say that breath in this case in the yogic tradition is also, or the main focus perhaps is on the prana or the energy that's in yes. in the particles, in the in the field really that we're, that we're inhaling? Yes, yes. And they are just showing in, in latest research now that they are detecting that and that there is something beyond the oxygen and CO2 ratios that are happening. And also there is um, absolutely, so it's pranic life force, which is why uh, when we're under a tree or at the ocean, we just feel better. Everybody does that. Everyone. We are, we are wired that way. And which is why when we're in an office for too long or in a place which is hasn't got that pranic life force, we just start to feel not so good. It's just something we all know because we are inherently so connected and have started to get so disconnected through the way society is for some of us at least. Yes. And so it's the getting that life force, bringing it in and also exhaling what we no longer need. We can use this as an intentional thing. And also as you inhale, this is what I found super fascinating and scientists just now touching on that, that as we inhale through the nose, it's a very interesting, it's called Swa Yoga. Um, the breath circulates through the conch in the nose and as it circulates, the way it circulates affects your neurological response from your brain. And therefore, I would also say nose breathing is essential and the air quality we get, all of that sends messages to the brain. And so when we then give the brain certain messages like a calm breath, let's the mind know or the brain know, okay, this is great, we could go into healing. There's great um, pranic life force, you know, we can distribute that. This is very relaxing, which is why we sleep better outdoors after camping and all these things. And then as the brain chemistry floods the body, every cell is drenched in that. So to me, not breathing consciously is like having the handbrake on in life, on every level, on every organ. <laughs> on every aspect of even thinking and doing yeah. life. I mean, the way you describe it, it's so utterly fundamental to being a human being. 100%. And really, we start with the breath and we end with the breath. Yeah. It's just so everything. <laughs> you wanted to say something? Well, I was just going to say that we kind of think, well, we all breathe, right, because we have to breathe. But there's a, there's a huge difference between... Um, doing it consciously and doing it the way you describe it to um, yes. letting it flow, you know, at the mercy of our emotions, at the mercy of our stress, as you say. I mean, I can so relate to um, feeling my shoulders hunched up and then noticing my breathing is really shallow because I'm stressed about something mm. and how that and, all comes together. Yes, and I will explain to the audience um, the best way that I have sort of heard about to put this in a nutshell the mind and your breath are one look at them as one unit just for now for the sake of example which means that 
if you are under stress and, and you become unconscious and your breath changes, it changes everything. Like your, your brain frequency changes and um, the thoughts that you tend to attract or that you pick from your potential lots of thoughts from uplifting ones to really depressing ones or difficult ones, they change. And so often when we go into stress mode, we, we breathe, but it's unconscious, right? So the key is that as we become conscious in our breathing, we are also equally straight away because these two are intertwined and one, we are becoming conscious in our thinking. And I really love that because working with your thoughts is very tough. A lot of people say, well, I can't help it. This is, I have a repeat thought or this is what I automatically go into. How do I stop this? And I will say, look, I know that's really hard. The best way is to actually give yourself a message every day, every morning, every night, or maybe a little post-it note in your car when you're driving. Breathe slower and more consciously. And I promise you, the more you become aware of your breath, even now, it doesn't matter if it's a great breath or not, the more you will naturally become aware of your thinking and the patterns because it takes you into a state of observation. So it's like a it's like a um, it's like a doorway to consciousness, literally. So or a portal or whatever you want to call it. It's like if you want to understand how you think and actually manage it, you must understand the breath, and the rest is easy after that. Which is the good news. Yeah. To me, that's good news because you could have psychotherapy for, you know, 10 lifetimes and wonder why you did that. And when this person hurt you here, why are you like this? And that was really not very nice. And no wonder you're stressed about, you know, being in the heights or going into water. But when you start to breathe consciously, you start to awaken to this inner wisdom and you start to see, wow, actually, this is a belief. And if I just breathe now consciously, I can see that it's moving through and nothing actually happened. And I was just conscious of my breathing and the thought. And it's a, it's a sense of liberation. The hardest bit is to actually remember to stay conscious of breathing when tough times come. And it's not necessarily natural, but with little post-it notes or maybe a phone reminding you, uh, hey, how's your breathing going or anything like that. Some people wear bracelets with little you know, reminders on them. That is, is a great way to reprogram the mind from being unconscious in breathing to becoming conscious. And I must add, while I'm on a roll, um, this touches into epigenetics and it touches into neuroplasticity, which I really find interesting too, because um, epigenetics means that you change your DNA expression. And as we look after ourselves and have increased health, we will change certain DNA expression, right? To either express or not. And the biggest problem in our lives is stress. That means it's actually good news because if you can therefore de-stress using the breath, which is free, really, literally, you can decrease your stress, your body can go into healing. It doesn't need to express those genes that were being expressed due to stress because the body can't cope and isn't preparing itself. And you go into spontaneous healing. Literally, people do. And neuroplasticity links with that in the sense that if you start to create a little habit, you are actually very malleable and you create a new pattern and then it becomes a habit for you and then it becomes easy. And it's a wonderful thing as well. So it's not like um, 
currently it's very hard to think about our breathing and therefore it's going to be hard forever. No, it's going to get easier and easier. Start a small practice and just maybe every morning or every lunchtime or every evening, doesn't matter, just start a small thing and you start to create that neurological change, a new pathway in the brain. And as that happens, it gets easier and easier. It becomes a snowball effect. And um, so I like to tell people that because some people will think that's too overwhelming. I've never thought about my breath. It's actually impossible. And that's so not true. It's incredibly possible and very, very easy. Very, And it's free. Yeah. And you can do it when you're gardening, listening to music, brushing your teeth, driving the car. There are so many opportunities. It's the greatest gift. And no one can patent it. No one can corrupt it. No one can charge money for it. It's the best thing on earth, <laughs> I feel. So, yeah, yes. look, and I'm we glad just... you, you mentioned epigenetics. I was going to ask you about that, you know, because you, you, we talked about that a bit um, before, the, before the interview. Um, and that's, I think, mm-hmm. such an exi- exciting area of um, of scientific exploration is how we might be programmed to express certain things, but whether we do um, seems to depend on a lot of factors that we actually have control over in this life. Yes. Yes. And you know what? Um, say if our parents had a particular illness and so the doctor will suggest perhaps we will have it as well. That's only if we follow similar patterns and similar eating styles and perhaps a similar emotional way. If our parents have held back their emotions and weren't expressing them and we follow that same pattern, then yes, because we have held that tension in our body. And you know what happens as we build up not processing our emotions uh, over time, we just lose it. We have a nervous breakdown or we've overreacted something that doesn't deserve it. And again, this is where breathing is huge. Breathing will start to actually bubble that up. And so when I t- teach people how to breathe, I have noticed some people when I take the three-stage the three stage breath, which is belly expanding as you inhale, ribcage widening, breathing up into the collarbone, suspend your breath. Exhaling from your collarbones down the chest, bring the belly back towards the spine gently, gently hold. So this is what's called, and then inhale again. That's called a three-stage breath. So we're starting to use more of the lungs consciously now. It can bring up emotions. So if someone has suppressed their emotions a lot, by therefore breathing shallow and keeping things in check, trying to not cry, trying to not get angry, trying to not feel the grief, the breathwork will actually gently bring that up. And I always say to people, do this at your own pace. If you're finding it very emotional, then make it a bit less. You know, everybody's unique. What works for your neighbor doesn't need to work for you. Like you say in your podcast, question everything and and really adjust it to your unique needs as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. No. That's 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 important. really that's really great advice, and um, I can I can totally. So I've, as you know, I've been working with the Wim Hof breathing for a while, which is mm-hmm. very intense. Um, people call it controlled hyperventilation. So you're really breathing quite intensely in and out for a certain cycle, and um, mm-hmm. then after you've done about thirty of those sort of breaths, you you hold your breath after an exhale. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that certainly has uh, brought up a lot of emotions, and um, you know, seems like mm. a very powerful tool to access. Uh, like you described, I think I, I really have this feeling that the breath is kind of going into almost like the recesses of my body, you know, the the tissues and the muscles, and releasing 
yes. stuff that's stored there that I had forgotten. I didn't even know was stored there. So exactly. And, and you're clearing things. You later might have had some issue around your shoulder or your hip or your belly. And now you're clearing that. And so to me, it's also a great healer and preventing things from, you know, getting worse. And, um, you know, when you exhale, most people struggle with that because it's so threatening. The inhale is natural, right? Holding the breath in because it feels natural. We've got oxygen. We're alive. So I always observe that it's it's really stressful when you are able to hold the exhale out. Um, it's like you are actually conquering death on a certain level. Um, and you're actually, as you conquer death, you become alive. Because as you conquer the death, and it's not in an intellectual way. It's, it's in a certain way of not having so much fear and holding pattern and you're changing the holding pattern to actually embracing being without breath. It just, again, creates a different neurochemical change and, and therefore your mind expands. It's literally an expansion of consciousness and I love that. You really, until people try it, they don't understand because the intellect cannot compete with this. You could have a thousand theories and coming from an intellectual background, I love saying that because um, I've seen yoga students as well. I mean, they're very intellectual. They're there and they're listening and they're trying to do all this. But I say, drop the mind now. You understand it. Now just experience it because the intellect is just nothing in comparison to the direct experience of that freedom when you can regulate your breath. And by the way, when you start to breathe less often and you exhale longer, you start to bring in pranic life force through the skin and you start to become, it's almost like a self-mastery of the capacity that you have that's far greater than what we even realize. The yogis have understood that and it's super interesting. Just like when we fast, um, you know, in the past people would think, oh, we're going to die. And now people have realized that it actually is a healing because the body gets the break and it doesn't need to spend energy digesting and it actually can clean itself out. It's just like that. Um, it's a massive clean out and it's an incredible way to have more energy and a higher intelligence, in fact. Because if we don't do this breathing, remember, I'm not saying you don't know this, but anyone, I keep remember reminding people very powerfully while we breathe unconsciously and sh in a shallow way, we are literally telling the body that it has a stressful position. Therefore, we're in that fight or flight response, which means the body is actually ready, readying to run or to fight somebody. It's actually preparing. And guess what? When we do that, we're not going to worry about digestion. We're not going to worry about the immune system. We're not worrying about all those funny things that are not important when we need to go into fight or flight. So people are in fight or flight and the body is um, doing a great thing. But if we don't stop the mind from giving the illusion that we are under stress, it's running on that 24-7 pretty much, even at night sometimes for people. And so the body never switches on, hey, wow, I can heal myself now. Thank God. Okay, let's have a look at the immune system. Right, beautiful. Oh, the liver needs a bit of something. In fact, a lot of people eat really healthy food. And I tell them, if you don't relax, you're not going to absorb that properly. You can spend thousands on supplements and eating healthily, but if you're not relaxed enough so that the body goes into that mode of really digesting your food, it will ferment and the absorption is just not going to function to the same degree. And you're wasting all that amazing money and, and amazing food. And it really wakes people up. 
it's yeah so powerful yeah. oh and, it is it's it's amazing how it sort of permeates connects all these different aspects of life yeah and you can change your whole life with it i like people to know that if you're in a tough relationship if you're feeling unhealthy if you're feeling uh depressed if you're feeling anything like this breathing can literally help you to move through that now i'm not a doctor i know we can't say all these things but i know on a biological emotional and spiritual level you only have benefits only by breathing consciously and deeply everything that you want has more of a likelihood and is going to happen as you honor your body and your mechanism by using that breath that life-giving breath which is actually i often say it's you know the size of your lungs is the size of a tennis court roughly surface area is quite large so if you imagine that currently you're probably only watering and looking after about you know 60% of the grass if you're doing well the edges are brown dry and crispy because you're never breathing into your full lungs so now if you visualize it like that and you really want that tennis court or football field whatever you, your visualization is you want it to be full of green lush grass you want it to be full of life force you want to be able to sustain yourself and other people and help other people then let's use that breath so we can flourish at this point of the conversation, Zabina very naturally starts guiding the audience through a breathing exercise. There wasn't any notice, and so I was worried that you might miss the opportunity, so I thought I'd just chuck in this little warning. So at this stage, I'd encourage you, if you're able to, with whatever you're doing, to just stop for a moment, put your attention on your breath, close your eyes, and follow Zabina's guidance. You know, so breathing in, so again, it goes inhaling, belly expanding, rib cage widening, breathing into the collarbones if it's comfortable, and slowly exhaling, bringing the belly gradually back towards the spine. And relax your shoulders, relax your face, relaxing your fingers, inhaling slowly through the nose, belly expanding, rib cage widening slowly. Breathing up into the collarbones, gently suspend your breath and slowly exhaling all the way, bringing the belly back towards the spine. And find that softness, find that softness like in your face. Because remember, as you clench the teeth, your body will think there's a problem. So keep the jaw relaxed, keep your shoulders rolled down towards the floor, feeling gravity. And this sense of gravity, use that to be present to the now. Use that sense of gravity to relax your fingers, your arms, your shoulders, your neck, surrendering into that and allowing your body to do what it's designed to do, which is to heal and balance your internal dynamics constantly striving for homeostasis 24-7 and this will help you with sleep this, if you exhale longer than you inhale so for example let's just play with this let's inhale for a count of three and let's exhale for a count of five just play along and just try this this will help you to relax so inhale one two three slowly exhale one two three four five slowly get ready inhaling slowly one two three 
slowly get ready, exhaling, one, two, three, four, five, inhale again, one, two, three, get ready, exhaling, one, two, three, four, five, keep going, making that breath smooth for you, and that can take time and practice, shoulders are soft, the jaw is relaxed. Feel supported by the chair or wherever you're sitting or standing. And just allowing that. This has already changed everything. Your body is noticing that it can repair now. And your body is a magnificent repair organ, big one made of everything you could ever dream of. And just trust that, connect with that. Let the breath take you there. So as you exhale longer than you inhale, you will go into that deeper relaxation response. And as I said earlier, this will help you to sleep. If on the other hand, you wanted to get excited and have energy and not drink a cup of coffee to do it, we're not going to do this right now, but you would inhale one, two, three, four, five, like the same count, not fast. And you would exhale shorter. This changes the message to your brain that it's time to energize, it's time to, you know, get, get, get going, take action. But I also just want to share while I'm on a roll that your nostrils equally are very important and you can control your state of mind with your nostrils, which is why in yoga we have the alternate nostril breathing, so that's left, right? But you can also use this again to help you with sleep, which means more deep relaxation, or to help you with feeling more energized you know you've got to go to a meeting and you need to really be clear-minded so the left nostril actually innovates the right side of the brain which is more the relaxed side the aspect of creativity the right nostril if you breathe through the right it will activate more of the left hemisphere and that means you're going to be more thinking more dynamic and active so therefore if you were to just block your left nostril and breathe through the right and just did that for a while, you would actually, so you can even flare that right nostril. So just lock your left nostril with your thumb or with your index finger and just breathing through the right. Draw relaxed, deepest breaths, belly is inhaled and expanded out. Belly is contracted back when the exhale. Shoulders are soft. You're just breathing through that right nostril. If you do this for about one or two minutes, you start to change your brain chemistry. This also makes you more conscious of your breathing. So it's a very good exercise for beginners. If you're feeling really out of touch with your breath, this will help you to really notice how you breathe in and out. It will give you a really deep experience of being able to slow it down. And of how joyful it is to actually observe your breath. So just observing that inhale and exhale. And you're just breathing through that right nostril, really activating your left brain hemisphere more. You can flare the nostril, like I said, if you wanted to. 
just keep it really strong. I'm just coming back to bring you back into an energetic space. Joyce relaxed. And one more trick, if you're up for it, your eyes are closed. And if you're gazing with your eyes closed, straight ahead and slightly upwards, that is a yogic technique. This will actually activate your pituitary and pineal. And this will release endorphins and balance your hormonal axis. Really powerful, that calming breath. And where your attention goes, energy flows. So try it. Since you're going to focus on something anyway, when your eyes are closed, it's as if you're looking straight ahead and slightly lifted. At and this brow. really will help it's you with like meditation. At, it's like you're looking at the, the brow. your eyebrows, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. At the, it's called the brow point gaze. And this is super powerful. It will take you into a higher consciousness, into greater visionary self, and heal the body because it's a beautiful state of consciousness to have as well. So, so could you just, just uh, repeat again when I would block the left nostril and breathe through the right like we just did, and when would I do the other way around, blocking the right yes. and breathing through the left? So you would only breathe through the right one. Which is so just imagine there's a line across to the other side of the face because it's it's innovated neurologically like this. So then you're activating through the right nostril breath your left hemisphere, which means it will help you more with clear thinking and with being able to take action. If you do it the other way, you're gonna be more relaxed and it's more that creative aspect and it will help you to sleep as well. Um, the left side can take you into a calmer place. Now, if you want to have the balance, which is fantastic, we would practice alternate nostril breathing, which is a very common yogi practice to balance both. So they both work for you in everyday life in a good balance. And, and so I think that's where you have your fingers by your nose and you block for one in-breath and out-breath. You block one and then and then the other. Is that right? You, you sort of take turns. Yes, I can, I can guide quickly if you wish if you think we have time i would love to guide the audience into some alternate nostril breathing so ideally your hand your your elbow is resting near your chest and just bring whichever hand you want i'm going to use my right hand and i'm going to bring the index and middle fingers to the point between my eyebrows and that's a gentle tap and this will also help you to focus on that place so that's your index and middle fingers they're on the brow point between your eyebrows make gentle circles if you like this will help bring your attention there and will start to create that hormonal release. And so finish making the circles and just have a light pressure on your brow point with those index and middle finger. And then we're going to lock the right nostril with your thumb and inhale through the left. Lock the left with the ring finger, open the right, exhale through the right. Inhale through the right nostril, belly expanding, ribcage opens, breathing up into the collarbones. Lock the right nostril with your thumb, open the left, exhale all the way out through that left nostril, squeeze the belly slowly back towards your spine. And again, inhale through the left. Lock the left with your ring finger, open the right, exhale through the right. Inhale through the right. Exhale through the left. Really smoothly. Really enjoy the smooth exhale. Inhale through the left. Exhale through the right. 
Inhale through the right. Exhale through the left. Nice and smooth, gazing at the brow point. Shoulders relaxed. Inhale through the left. Exhale through the right. Draw relaxed. Inhale through the right. Exhale through the left. Doing two more. Inhale through the left. Nice and slow. Exhale through the right. Jaw relaxed, spine straight. Inhale through the right. Exhale through the left. Just release your hand down to relax. And really, the more you can do this in a relaxed way, the shoulders are soft. Because remember, as we tense the shoulders, the body will get the message that there's a restricted breath and that there is stress. Any part of your body that is tense, especially the parts that affect your breathing and the secondary breathing muscles in the neck and shoulder area there, when we keep those open, we are going to be able to harness the breath more, which means we will have more clarity, more health, more energy in life and all the good things we want. And we also attract equally people that vibrate in that place that have clarity balance and are grounded so yes and with that heart expansion by the way i do want to talk about that because there's the heart math institute that a lot of people know about and they have studied that your brain has a certain frequency but the heart is five thousand times more of an electromagnetic field and in kundalini yoga the heart is the heart chakra and it is linked with your thymus, which is your immune system, which is why when we suffer a lot, we have a lot of grief, we are heartbroken, we get sick, it's linked. And so we always work with that. The heart chakra is a lot to do, of course, with unconditional love and for yourself first and others, because you can't give it to others unless you give it to yourself. But it's also linked, by the way, to your arms. So the more you can open your arms wide and spread your fingers, the more you can keep your shoulders relaxed, the more you are able to really work with your arms. And that's why we hug people with, uh, when we're in love. That's why we heal people with our hands. It's all linked to your breath and to your heart chakra. And again, that's a very beautiful thing. So if you're ever feeling like you're unwell or you are you know, stuck and you're feeling like you don't understand yourself, you don't know if you can love yourself, you can just start to breathe this way and start to open your arms. So another exercise, if you had the space, would be as you breathe, you let your arms really open wide. As you inhale, as you exhale, you can bring your hands into the chest, you know, left hand first, right hand on top. And then you inhale, spread your arms out wide, extend your fingers, really widen that. Exhale, bring your hands back into your chest, bending your elbows you are going to do some nice work there for your heart chakra and for your breathing. Yeah, well, I love the way that brings in the whole, that really emphasizes bringing the breath into the whole body when you open up like that. Yes. So it like then even up the arms into the hands and let the energy flow yes. from the heart chakra up to the hands. Yes, and I do Lovely. find that um, 
some people teach meditation and they, they, they tell you to sit you now and become still. And I have learned that the body, you know, obviously the body is connected to everything. Every organ is connected to thoughts, is connected to your consciousness. So that's why when I teach, I always in my courses and in what I do is we work the body. So one of the things we'll do is we'll do shoulder shrugs. So we would inhale the right shoulder. Again, we work the breath, exhale the right shoulder, inhale the left. You can do this now, exhale the left. Inhale the right up, exhale the right down. Inhale the left up, exhale the left down. And so as you do that, lifting the shoulders up and down with the breath and dropping them on the out breath. Yes, yes, just inhaling them up. So, however, some people can go really high when they lift up the shoulders, that's right. And some people are more sore and be more gentle. But this will start to cooperate with your rhythm, which is what life is all about having that rhythm and matching a healthy, you know, relaxed rhythm when you need it with your breath and this really helps people with meditation a lot of people try to just sit and think okay i'm going to meditate now but they haven't really cleared their body of agitation of emotion so i believe very very firmly that the reason they can't do it is because their poor body needs to have some attention and that's why meditation and breathing and body all in my humble opinion needs to be holistic and come together and that's how i teach it and that's why there is people always telling me, wow, that was so easy and so powerful and so effective. So use that. Inhale even both shoulders, exhale both shoulders. Shrug them up, exhale and drop. And that brings you into the now because it brings you into your body. It brings you into your breathing, which means you're less likely to think so much. And it lets you relax on that exhale, dropping those shoulders. And so then you're literally getting ready for your deeper state of consciousness. And that brings me back to the first one of the first few questions you had, Kim, which was about the asana and the yoga. And really, the asana is actually designed to take you into deep meditation. The origin of yoga is to help you to meditate. That's its full purpose. It's not about looking cool in your clothes and all this stuff. Not at all. It's actually about being connected with the body, you know, being connected with the breath. And then being able to sit in a comfortable way so that it doesn't disturb you. So you're connected, you've addressed it. So then you can go into your crown or into your third eye point and you can meditate, breathe into it, activate it, and you can open it into the higher states of consciousness through your body temple. Because you've, you've sorted out the energy flow in your body. You've, you've released energy. You're, you're free then to, to relax. Yep, yes. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and even in that process, as you do the asana, you're coming into the body, you're noticing your breath, you're literally landing from all that headspace, and then you're getting ready to go beyond the thoughts, being the observer, and then you realize, wow, all these things I believe, they're optional. Every single belief that we have is optional, literally, and you can choose to rethink it even as the observer, and now that makes you powerful, now that it makes you into your own self-master, into your own guru. And I do like to tell people, you are your own guru. You just have to want to look there. It's all there inside you. And each and every person has that. And that comes with the heart expansion, really honoring the body and the breath, changing the brain chemistry as we honor that. And all through the nose, that is what changes the brain chemistry, feeling safe, you know, supported, and just spending a bit of time rewiring our habitual way of thinking into observing the breath and as we observe the breath we get to observe the thoughts and as we observe the thoughts 
we are liberated from being tied up in older thoughts that tend to only cause suffering if we if we believe in them. Even the good thoughts cause suffering because they don't last either. Then we want the good thoughts more often and then that causes suffering. So it's a never-ending thing. We are beyond thoughts. Like you say, we are multidimensional. And when we breathe deeply and we actually slow the breath down, so we breathe maybe you know, once or twice a minute, you will notice you are so powerful and you have everything you need inside you. And you actually don't want to go out there into the world as much because you have the treasure chest of everything in there, in your inner vision. And from that place then, you actually manifest a new earth, a new life, new relationships. And that is actually the shift that we are embracing as a collective in humanity. So each and every person that's listening, each and every person that spends a moment to connect to that and remembers who they are through the breath is going to help to shift the chaotic times on this planet where people have forgotten, or some people have, not all, who they really are, how powerful they really are, and how the breath is going to be the centerpiece of this intelligence, calmness, and real union with yourself. And that is super powerful. I think that is a really beautiful message, and I think it's a really perfect spot at which to to stop this conversation with that with that spirit you know we can all yes, make I a change we can all make the change within ourselves and we change the world i love that right this moment right now that's right i yeah. love it yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing your amazing experience and insights and and wisdom around such a simple yet powerful thing like the breath sabina mm-hmm. um, you're so welcome i certainly feel really you know, this is one of the things that I've been dipping in and out of, really, breath, and I've uh, uh, over the years. And yeah, it's definitely inspired me to be much more experimental with it again. It's glorious, isn't it? And it's free, and everyone has it. What could be better than that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thank you for inviting me to express. And if anyone has questions, please let them ask away. I'm always there to answer. I'm super curious myself and i think you know let's go with this and discover deeper it's so good yeah, absolutely yeah look all your contact details will be with the, on the notes for the for the episode people can access it either wherever they get the podcast really on my website or on on wherever you know so mm-hmm. lovely wonderful yeah. thank you so much thank you i really hope you got some value out of today's episode if you did Why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it? The tune Seeing Us Out is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, You'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, 
as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies. <laughs>